0: Den Talks podcast is powered by denanywhere.com. You guys go to denanywhere.com now, no matter where you live in the world, and you can take our classes virtually and live. Go to denanywhere.com and sign up for just $29.99 a month. You get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from plus most of them are archived so if you can't make the exact time you can catch them later we still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are go to denanywhere.com Hawks podcast. This is Tali, your host and the founder of Dead Meditation. Such a special episode today, you guys. We have Julie Piat Srimati on. I could have talked to her for hours. She is just embodies a divine spiritual being, which we all are. And that's what she's here to do to remind us and to teach us. She is a mentor, a mother, an artist, a teacher, a ceremonialist, um, a, a author. She has three cookbooks out. She has created Shrimu, which is also a vegan line cheese, um, cheese that is no cheese, that is unbelievable tasting. She is really incredible. I mean, she embodies what we're all striving to become at every moment, a wise woman that just has so much advice to give. She has lived a life of so many ups and downs, and has learned really to just step into your own purpose and to hold each moment in its own divine light. And that is how you can get through it, which I think at times like this, it is such an important episode. You can just feel through this conversation her vibrations of healing. And it is really incredible. I think this episode is going to be so helpful and so informative. I love her. I'm going to have her back a million more times because there's so many topics she can talk to us about to really expand our views, expand our purpose, and just help us get through some of these really um, difficult times. So please enjoy this episode. Let us know what you think. Also, there's an amazing giveaway with srimu which is her cheese, not cheese. Um, so stay tuned for all of that information as well. Chasta, Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. How is it? It was amazing. Have you been up there? You know, I've never been, which is fascinating. But you
1: know, what's really interesting is I had
0: never been, which is
1: super fascinating until now. And, um, you know, with what my life is about and and everything about me, you would think that I would have been there. You would have thought you would have been there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a moment. It was actually in connection with Domenher, um, which is a spiritual community in Italy that I'm very connected with. And um, we were uh, called to activate a spiral, a labyrinth, which is an energetic intelligence. Um, and we connected it with spirals all around the world.
0: Ooh. So it
1: was the first time I built a spiral at dawn on Native American land with a Lakota Sioux elder and 20 other people that had been called to join. Um, and and one, of the, one of the women is like a multidimensional um, kind of architectural uh, creator who's been working in these kind of systems for 45 years. Wow. And this meeting I found out on the last day after we built it was the culmination of 45 years of her work. Of bringing in higher vibrational energies into the field and, and being involved in spiritual expansion, so we met and it was fascinating. They they lay the spiral and it's measured out and it, with a rope, like a prepared rope that is a ritual rope, and they lay it out and it's all measured. And then um, we had all brought four rocks each, but then also they had other rocks, so it. Took like 660 rocks.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: we had altars around these beautiful trees with these crazy moss, and like it was magical. And um, the ventricular clouds started to form. And, um, and we uh, were in a line. And I had done Sweat Lodge many years ago when I was homeschooling my children. And I was taught this Lemurian chant by this Lakota chief. And then I hadn't worked in that tradition for many, many, many years. And suddenly this Lakota elder came. So I taught the song and we sang this chant as we were push- passing the stones. And, you know, it was on election day, all the stones were completely different. They were They were from all over the place, some lava, some, you know, local, some from Colorado. And so it sort of formed this beautiful representation of the diversity of life. And um, it was quite magical. And it, it linked in Dom and her with um, three or four of the very sacred spirals there that, that have been there for 46 years. And then also uh, linked into Ireland and Croatia and Bulgaria and Colorado and um iceland i think i said germany sweden like all over the world uh everyone else walked their spiral at the same time wow. so it was super cool and you know i i decided to go at the last minute and i was like i can get in my car i can drive to shasta and i can be on the land so um yeah i went with my friend mel from conscious city guide and it was it was really, really amazing to be able to be of service during such a pivotal moment. Um, so yeah, so.
0: You've been planning it for 45 years?
1: Well, the woman the woman who um, who actually called it together, it, it had been this sort of um, calling and journey that had revealed to her over f- over 45 years. And her name is Tantra Mat. Mat. Tantra Mott is the is her spiritual name, but it's really the body of work that she represents. And she's 74 years old now. And I've never met her, but I she's also connected with Dom and her. Um, and I met her on like a group. There was like a group communication, um, and I didn't know until we went to say goodbye when we went to her house and met all these women that had been working with her for 10 years. Um, she was very emotional and said, "This is the culmination of 45 years of my." spiritual work and mel and i were and plus she grabbed us and we were with her like we were right the three of us together as she was grabbing the stones and so we spent we had quite a familiar connection with her even though we had never met her and so we were giggling because it just felt so cool to to go up and be there for a sister you know who had devoted her life to healing and you know now she's going to move to new mexico and spend some time with her children and grandchildren and um, I, I have a feeling she's not going to stop doing the work that she's doing, but it was a culmination of this particular mission that she had been on.
0: So one of the things I keep hearing, and I'd be curious because I feel like you're even more tapped in in that way, is that the vortexes are changing. Like mm-hmm. there's vortexes kind of coming up, um, around the world. So sacred sites are actually changing. Some are going dormant that have been alive for a long time. Some are um, rebirthing. Some are becoming, so what do, what do you know in that regard? I would
1: say that, um, you know, yeah, you know, absolutely possibly that that could be changing and morphing. I would say that there's more coming online rather than the ones that we have becoming dormant. Maybe, um, maybe the architecture is turning on and what I would, um, what I would know or, uh, Sort of align with is that we are we are our own individual sacred sites, so we are the spiral. You know, we we are that divine energetic when we remember who we are, when we claim our divinity, when we stand up and take responsibility for our own life with our own calling and truth and what is what is true for us because you know there's not another one of tall in the entire multiverse not anywhere is there another of your kind and so you know this i always talk about this human sort of tendency that you know we're like well what's good you know how long should you meditate or what technique is best or you know what uh, you know we as humans the intellectual mind is always trying to find a consensus and it's really so hilariously funny because you know, the frog isn't spending time trying to convince the tiger that the best way is the frog way. You know, it's, it becomes a very natural thing. And what my work about and my work in water tiger and my spiritual community is about connecting everyone with their individual gifts, because it's the diversity of life that makes life beautiful. And so um, I, I know the human being to be a sacred technology and these bodies can do much more than we know and so i always leave that room for the miraculous like what if you received your body as a vortex a vortex of intelligent or sacred technology then how would you feed it how would you speak to it how would you care for it um so um yeah so i think the the vortex is within all of us and yes we need to Traveled to these sites and wherever the land calls you wherever the trees are calling to you the rocks the stones the rivers The fire the air the water all of the elements We we're being called to return to our harmonious connection with these elements because nature Has a very important role in the evolution of the human being the divine human being um, so um, I, I think yes, and all of it.
0: <laughs> by the way, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's part of the reason i never I was never like running to feel like I have to go to these places um because I couldn't agree with you more. I do feel like we are our own vortexes and and you said something really beautiful when you can um, remember who you are is when you can kind of unleash it. So my question to you is when do you remember? when do you remember remembering yourself for the first time for the
1: first time? Um, you know,
0: constant remembering.
1: Yeah. It's a constant, you know, I mean, I had awareness, you know, as a baby, you know, I can remember waiting for somebody to come and get me out of the crib. I, I feel when I, when I align with the observer, that is me, it's the same me that was a one years old, that is 58 years old. It's not any different to me. Um, and I would say one thing that's very exciting about this moment is I, uh, I feel that we are going to be reclaiming our memory, like much more specifics, like where we're existing in multiple time spaces, you know, really why we incarnated, why we took a body right now. Um, I feel these coming through and in my, the way that I am is, in this lifetime, I've turned off my ability to, like, I don't, I'm, like, I'm not going to see your dead grandmother and tell you that she's handing you, you know, a piece of carrot cake. Um, but what I, what I do um, um, tap into it, and for me, it's a knowing, I'm a kinesthetic uh, being, so I'll just get a whole concept that will drop in. And I don't know why I know it, but I know it. So it's a cellular process for me. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I smell things from other realms. I'll hear things. Sometimes I'll see things, but it'll be in, but it's not, um, I mean, I've had amazing experiences that I've had multidimensional experiences awake in this body. But I would say my, my normal way is a way of feeling. And I usually get these breadcrumbs where suddenly I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm seeing this pattern and this pattern. And it's, and I feel as if it's calling me back to the womb. And then, you know, a month later, another piece will be revealed, another piece will be revealed. So I've come to know that I, I really am a mystic, I'm a mystic alchemist and my own, like my own life is, is it's, uh, informs it or shares it. It's, it's so much about my life being a sacred journey, and the uncovering of that. And that's why I call my podcast for the life of me. Mm -hmm. It's a devotional offering to my life. And I, I would recommend this for every life. I'm no more spiritual or less spiritual than any other life form. I'm only, I'm only here embodying my own mission. So I think when we write our story, write our life, go back through and observe all those stages. It's as if we put the divine gaze on this sacred life we've been given and it it creates this devotional reverence which allows you to be in this reverent gratitude or reverent observation of your own life as divine.
0: I mean, it is true if you can if you have the ability to look at your life that way, and it's true and reverence is such a beautiful word for it, because I think then you can look at all those moments, the harsh ones, the disappointments, the ups and downs, the surprises, the losses, and then also the miracles and the, and the beauty and um, the gifts. Then you see it all. It does. it, It feels like there's like that little magical thread that kind of puts them all together, creating the most beautiful fabric. And it does. I find when you can do that, it allows you to handle then whatever is coming your way because you, you know, it is all a beautiful gift. You know, I know, I feel like it's funny. You said something today, which I was literally talking about kind of the vortex within itself. I was, I taught earlier and that's what I you know, tr- everyone's very stressed right now, post-election and, you know, with no results and for different reasons, everyone's feeling it and anxious. And you said something, which is what I was teaching, which is you chose to incarnate during this time for a reason. So you actually have purpose here and you are part of this. You're not just a pawn in all of this. This is not just happening to you. This is not just you having to like absorb these anxious vibrations, like you're here part of it. So however it unfolds and whatever it's supposed to be, like you do have a role in this transformation and you have a role in what is evolving because like you said, you are this sacred being, no less, no more than anyone else. But it's so easy in these times of chaos to like kind of retreat. I don't know what the best word for it is. I just keep kind of closing my body off, but versus like you, like you were just saying own this reverence of the power that you have.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a very, very uh, you know, probably unprecedented moment. And Um, you know, for me, I just put a podcast out uh, a few days ago talking about the power of not knowing and understanding that, you know, from our perspective, I mean, we're in a, you know, two party situation right now. And what I would remind, and I have a party that I'm very partial to. Okay. So I am a modern woman. I'm a mother, I'm a business person. Like I care very deeply about humanity and I, I want us to suffer the least possible. So I try to pick the the lesser evil, you know, I I try. But when you understand that we are are directly connected to source, we are not defined by a political party. Um, And we can see now, we've been shown that a lot of what maybe our personalities have put trust and um, sort of invested in, uh, we're seeing over the years how that keeps playing out time and time and time again and we we can see that it's not designed or created in a life-affirming way it's not affirming life for all um you know we have people that are refugees that are brutalized we have we let 162 million children die every year we i mean we're we're far from living in divinity i mean this is you know this is something that an instagram quote can you know sum up so, I guess what I would say is remembering that in my awareness, we actually incarnated in this life for this moment right now.
0: I couldn't agree right.
1: more. So, the thing is, and also to understand that there is a perspective that this is the most coveted place of life in the entire multiverse because the earth is a heart for the entire creation. So, what we're able to evolve, mutate, transform here in this realm affects life in many other places. And so we really need to understand the divinity and the honor and the privilege that it is to be involved in in a body right now. And and also understand that um, there is a unique way that you were created, that you were made in divinity that you are an expert or a genius at sharing in the field. And so while you might choose to protest or while you may choose to speak out against certain things or in favor of certain things, I really um, know that, that the, the level that you can connect to your own heart resonance to that thing that is unique about you and you alone and how you can guard that like your most precious child. Um, It doesn't mean that everybody should be posting on Instagram in a certain group think format, even if that format seems nice on the surface or or well-meaning or loving on the surface. We have to be able to take responsibility for our own life form. Understanding that if we don't fulfill our greatest heroic probability, we will never have fully existed because there isn't another Julie Srimati that's showing up exactly as I am. So it's it's this very personal experience that in my awareness, when when embodied and when loved and revered, allows for this explosion of compassion like when you have cared and embodied for yourself so well, um, you stand in this presence of being that blesses everything and everyone and your capacity to serve, to be, to love, to express, to create is just so much expanded. And it's in this old idea that we had to martyr ourselves or cut off a part of ourselves or squash ourselves so that another could be lifted up is where we get turned around. It's in fact the opposite. Um, And when we can really receive ourselves as our most sacred relationship and care for ourselves with so much love and care and nourishment, the way the sun is just shining on everything, when we can really be that way, then our presence blesses creation. And human. I mean, humans are magnificent. We are empathic. We are multidimensional. We are divine. We are, we are loving. We are creative. We are genius. We are eternal. We are infinite. Uh, what, what can we create by embodying that which we are? And then I think the other thing that's very important is we really need to face our death. We need to really get clear and clear that fear because if you're afraid to die, then you cannot live. And so that's a whole, you know, that's another piece of it that I think is the key to being a free being and one that will transform this earth into a higher, uh, more expanded life.
0: Well, that's actually really fascinating because I've it's funny i literally you and i are very much on the same wavelength and i was teaching so much of that that was what today was about going back into the body and love and nourishing so that then we can expand because i think especially during everything that's been happening since you know covid since march it's there's that blurry line and you're talking about it interestingly and very well of that idea of You know, that spirit, the blend of the spirituality, the energy, the higher frequency, as well as the grounded physical body. And that blend and that combination, and how you can hold both at the same time, how you can live in this physical body, take action actually not ignore what's happening on the earth and on this plane because you've chose to incarnate here for a reason not just rise in the spiritual vibration and hang out here it's it there's a balance that is a little blurry and actually i find and you you probably you know the wellness community has gone in very different ways with it And it's something that I think about all the time because that's kind of like that ever question. Well, are you this or are you that? And how can you be both? And I feel like you're really touching on some interesting ways on how to, no pun intended, embody it. (laughs) Um, Or pun intended, I guess. Um, To embody it because it is tricky. But I think what you were just saying is really fascinating of that idea of like, yes, find your purpose, know who you are, what your special juice is, what your special calling is. Um, but also when you can nourish and fully go in and create that love and that vibration of love, that it, the expanse of what you can do with that and the healing that you can do with that is immense.
1: Yeah, it definitely is immense. And I think the ma- it's a maturity in spirituality. And listen, you know, I mean, I've in this lifetime been you know, I've I've been through so many, multiple, multi, multitude of experiences in different traditions, mostly with Vedic. I have a very strong Vedic, um, you know, line in my past lives and, and also in this life. But, um, you know, I've had like a magical, crazy life of, of all these kind of experiences. And this is not the moment, you know, we did not incarnate in a cave in the Himalayas. You know, I'm not, this is about being in the body. And so, remembering that you know, in in Atlantis before the fall, in this mystical land of Atlantis, which actually really exists, um, so we were perfected in the human form. And so, if we can if we can link back to that time, and it was like there is no separation between spirit and body; it's a complete integration. And so, we we are sons of goddess walking on the planet right now. And when you are aligned to the truth of who you are, you're a natural organic blueprint in the way you were created. The more you're aligned with that, you naturally become an activator of expansion. And it's free from isms, dogmas, traditions, lineages, gurus. It is about the incension, not the ascension, the incension. And what is more captivating or illuminating than a being who knows itself. A being who knows itself is embodied in truth, and truth does not defend. It simply is. Mm. And it's an eternal tone or an eternal chord or an eternal color that is just always, always eternally, infinitely present. And so that's where you go to the I am consciousness the I am moment is that level of embodiment and I think it's important that we understand that there are anti-life agendas that are operating on this planet if you're not in connection with that you're not paying attention and the one of the ones that's coming right now the one that's front and center is AI through the manipulation of Instagram, and like we, we don't even know what world we're living in. You know, the scams, the identity theft, like all these things. Um, they're cloning beings and putting them in other places, all this type of craziness. And um, and the next thing that's going to come is a Messiah. There will be something put in the culture that is the next Jesus or the next. And all of this is to take us out of our own sovereign knowing of who we are. So it's like it is there is no more guru. It is inside. And trust me, I've had plenty of gurus. You know, I have a spiritual name, Mananda Srimati. It's my lineage. I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything. And um, we are equal. We are that. You are divine. And this life is about you claiming that divinity for yourself.
0: Okay, giveaway time. This is really exciting. And we are so lucky so we're giving away one shrimu box so again shrimu is her cheese not cheese it tastes so delicious um it's incredible so we are giving away one box but of course there are rules so the giveaway will be one box of shrimu devoted which has three different cheeses not cheeses they're all artisanal one is the wheel of gold um, which is inspired by smoked gouda And one is the Wheel of Spire, which is inspired by a blue infused with spirulina. And one is the Wheel of Elder, and it's inspired by a classic Brie, and it's infused with love. I love that. Um, So we're giving one away to one lucky winner, and we're gonna be giving it away by December 7th. So you'll have it in time for the holidays, which will be so exciting. Um, So here are the rules you gotta go to our Instagram, and you have to follow us at Den Meditation. Go to Julie's, which is at Srimati, S-R-I-M-A-T-I. Follow at Srimati and also follow at Shrimu Do Life. And Srimu Do Life is S-R-I-M-U Do Life. So follow those three Instagram accounts. Tag a friend who needs this plant-based, pure and beautiful not cheese in their life. You go onto our account and just tag someone. And if you want to be entered twice, you know the rules. Always just leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. It is so helpful and then we will pick someone we're going to close this on december 7th and we're going to pick someone and announce it on december 9th um unfortunately this is u.s only because of shipping so if you're not in the u.s we apologize but get in touch with us and we can try and figure something out for you but as far as this giveaway u.s only so again you want to go onto our instagram go to srimati's instagram and stream and life follow all of us then go to our instagram where we're going to be having the giveaway information you'll see it tag a friend who wants this. And also if you want extra entries, leave us a review. All right, you guys, this is incredible. What an incredible giveaway. And again, this closes by December 7th. So get on it. It's so interesting. You say there's going to be another one because I agree with you. If anything, I feel like finally the fall of the guru, because it's, It always drove me crazy. And I mean, it's part of the reason I opened up the den was because I was like, there's got to be multi lineages. People have to find out what works for them. You can't just go in and like be spoon fed something and feel like this is what you have to do. This is how you have to behave. This is what you have to eat this way. Like you've got to figure that out for yourself and you've got to be comfortable with that and body it. And it also might change and you have to be okay. If stuff changes, if you get too rigid, you'll miss the changes. Um, and so that's always what the den was about. So I've always been like, no good. Like, yes, someone might help you or assist you, and you find like, but it's you. Like, you're it. And um, so it's funny you say that. I'm like, oh no, because I do feel like it's um. I feel like that's been. I mean, look, 2020 has been fascinating, and it's bringing every. I mean, it's just every. Like, you can really talk about any element of life, and it's in. It's in a transition, and. I feel like even in that regard, just in people's spirituality i'm I'm watching these fissures happen, which is so interesting, like some people are now because of the the falling of certain gurus, people are literally like, Well, now it doesn't make any sense. there's no such thing as spirituality, it's all mind, and you know they're going one extent and I'm like no you you can learn from these great people and still be yourself and still you you don't have to give yourself up to I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. I feel like I'm going to start rambling, but...
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And the thing is, is that this, uh, this is an unfortunate, and I think it, it's a misstep. Um, you And again, it's this human necessity for consensus. Like, you know, we go, okay, kale's healthy. And then you're like... There's a group of people who ate kale for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for, you know, six months and they died. You know, it's like, it's like everybody's so extreme. It's like just mellow out, just walk the middle path, you know, and don't throw the baby out with the bath bathwater. And even if you are with a guru and you get your power taken away, which happened to me it will be a transformative experience that will inform your life just like every single thing so it's up to you what you do with the experience um, you know i do have i have great humor over the guru, guru lineage though and most male spiritual teachers i now you know have almost 100% of the male teachers that i interacted with that were in a body were imbalanced sexually and I know Let's just call it out, like enough already. And I have one woman who I've worked with for over 15 years who has remained completely clear of any abuse of money, sex or power. So it's like you're watching these you know, these programs like Nexium, like The Cult, like you know, OSHA. Like, and it's like, you know, OSHA was funny because I love about 87% of what OSHA, OSHA writes. I'm like, right on, right on, right on. And then I would be like, what? Like all of a sudden, I'd read something. I was like, "What?" Now I understand. But you you can see in these lineages, the woman that was um, running Osho's whole thing was not a meditator, and she says, "I'm not a meditator, right?" And you look at Nexium, not no meditation really practice. It's about self, self, self. So again, it's the devotion. I think that is the safety, which is. You know in my water tiger community like my thing is is i'm not linking anybody to me i have enough kids like i like <laughs> I'm, and i'm very clear i am not taking responsibility for anyone else's life no one it's your responsibility i will share these techniques while it is in my calling it will not be forever because i'm doing many things but for right now i'm going to give you techniques that maybe of the 20 that are in the portal, one will, will speak to you, and it will ignite something in you that will free you, and that is my divine honor. And I uh, live a devotional existence, understanding that I am in search of the great life that is breathing me. So every morning that I get up, my life is dedicated to that force, that higher force that is me, that is an aspect of me. And at night, it all goes back to her, so it's like I don't get the credit and I don't get the blame, but I can be free in my in my expression, in my plane, and I can embrace all my dark experiences and love myself for it and take the lesson and the treasure. Um, but but um, it is not intelligent. I mean, you can see that um, uh, turning your back on spiritual the spiritual nature, which is. You are a spiritual being having a human experience, or I would say a multi-dimensional being having a simultaneous experience. Mm. So mm. by turning your back on that, you're missing at least fifty percent of what it means to be a human being. So um, you know, two plus two is not always four. Two plus two is twenty-two from a different perspective. Right. So how are you know? Are you willing to embrace all of you? And we've been entrained in this very patriarchal culture that has revered men, you know, um, uh, over women, uh, you know, it it has revered the intellectual way of thinking, of analyzing things. It's in our educational system. It's in the money system. And we need to be connected to our supreme intelligent, which is the heart. And that body tells you that. The body is your communication. The body will say, no, 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 or yes, this feels like this. So things are not what they seem, and we need to tap into being able to feel things with all of our senses. And, um, and uh, I think it's the only intelligent thing to do is to reclaim your spiritual nature, because you can see that the banks aren't taking care of you, the government isn't taking care of you, The pharmaceutical uh, industry isn't taking care of you. The educational system isn't taking care of you. Uh, The social network systems aren't taking care of you. So what is really taking care of you? I mean, when you drop the body, you're not taking your Instagram following or your YouTube following or your credit score or your bank account. And do you think that, that those people that you know in those systems, are they going to come to see you when you... Develop cancer because you've rejected this whole part of you, they won't. So, who are you serving in your life? Are you really serving you, or are you serving some idea of who someone thought you should be? Whether it was guru, religion, society, parents, relationship, anything.
0: I mean, that's it's really interesting. There's a, I mean, to me, social media in general is a very fascinating conversation because. I, you see it all the time. You see people slaving to the perception of what they're trying to create. And then, and, and in doing so, the what they're trying to create is usually a very present perception. And so it's like this weird 360 that, yeah. Wait, can, I, can I just take a picture of our interview? No, I'm kidding. I'm Stop. joking.
1: Like, Sure. <laughs> But so I'm taking a picture of you, but I'm not really sitting with you, right? It's that distraction.
0: We used to go to the um, Clippers games all the time in uh, in Staples Center, and I used to joke. It was like the seats in front of us were always like it was always girls, and it was always girls who could have given a crap about the game, and they spent the whole game literally posting taking pictures and posting, taking pictures and posting. And I'm like, you know, you haven't actually been here for the game at all. So like what you're posting is just not even reality anymore. It's like, it wasn't even like one picture and they posted. I mean, the whole time they were literally just doing it. And I was like, well, so did you come here just to post or what happened?
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the thing is, is again, it's like we live in an, in an AI society. I mean, we, we are in it now. That is the truth that you and I found each other on this, you know, on social. So, so, and, you know, I, I've been, you know, um, connecting with, with my entire community that way as well. And, you know, met people in retreats and light, life-changing experiences. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I talk with my husband, Rich, and we're like, you know, we need to make sure that like we're using it and it's not using us. But the reality is, is if you're on it at all, you're being used. So, you know, I had, um, you know, identity theft. I had somebody send me, you know, a threatening message today that, you know, in any other day it would make you upset, but it's just like, you're like, Oh, that's like scam. That's a scam. Right. It's always, it's just rampant. So, but I guess what I would say is I'm trying to get out in the population um, in a diverse, a diverse number of ways. So one, with my spiritual community, with the techniques, and then I'm working to build a platform that's completely off any uh, platform that pre-exists. And I have hired a very talented people to clean that technology you know, as much as possible. But, you know, listen, it's like there is life after Instagram, the sun is shining. there is there the sun is shining, regardless of the election. It's you know life goes on. you know, life will go on, you know, beyond our death, beyond you know whatever whatever we decide to do as this species here now. Um, but yeah, it is a it is a dance, and I think it's something that I try to only post things that. Are meaningful because I'm very aware that every time I post I'm exposing my energy hmm. um, so if I have something to say that I think is gonna really help people and I feel it is my responsibility then I will but I'm posting uh, much less of just like you know I was doing a bit with my 13 year old daughter in the car the other day we were laughing I was like hey guys a lot of you guys have been asking me how I drive down the highway next to the yellow line. And so I'm just going to show you a little bit about that. You know, and she was laughing because it's like I got, I had this awareness a couple years ago that everything we put out, like if you can imagine an etheric garbage dump that is around the planet. So every time you choose to post that thing, you're just adding to that waste
0: Whoa! So
1: that's I went off social media for almost a year at that time, and I developed Water Tiger as a series of techniques to assist people. And I'm so glad that I, I just I had to do it. It was a feeling in my body, like I just couldn't. I was like I should be posting, but I just can't. Um, so I did develop Water Tiger, and I'm very happy with that because there's nothing for me to change about that. It's a, it's a very clear, precise. Way to no way, um, and for right now, it's it's really helping a lot
0: of people. So that's that's now, what I try to serve. Now you're good about like so you got off Instagram for a year. You also don't have TV, correct? No,
1: actually, I didn't have t- TV for many years, and then right before the pandemic, Rich got a big TV, and then I was like, "Oh, you're so tapped in," because now you know we're at home. So now there's a huge screen now in my. Main room that we're trying to move into a private room because i i I can't have it on if i'm cooking. Um, it just is very no bueno not good
0: that's so interesting. Do you watch it or no?
1: very little um, i'll be drawn to uh, usually historical um, period pieces and 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 I always trust that I'm observing that part of humanity so that I know how to clear that.
0: So when like so you and Rich are very different, so different. <laughs> Third marriage, correct?
1: Third marriage,
0: yeah, so that's amazing. So talk to me a little bit about because i'm I find talk to me a little bit about the evolution for you of relationships yeah
1: it's been it's been profound actually looking back on it and I would say that romantic relationship has been a very foundational teaching modality for me and so the you know I had a very promiscuous teen time um i was uh, I became born again without my parents um at like age eleven so you know don't ask me how that happens because I'm a mother of four, so I have no idea how that would happen but I became a born again Christian and got really into it. And then they started the congregation was getting very fanatical and I saw it go sideways. And so then after that, I wanted my parents to send me to Christian school and they wouldn't. So then I was, I always had this feeling
0: in my childhood that I was just kind of waiting to grow up so I could leave. You think? And, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but do you feel like there was like a, a calling of connecting to like the ethers or something for you? And that's oh. like,
1: Oh, totally. Like I, I love Jesus. Like the dude Jesus was like when I was like five and I learned about him, I was like, that's just like the coolest guy ever. Like it, it was literally like my heart was exploding and I would get a ride with the neighbors to church. Cause I was the fifth kid by that time, my parents were very, you know, mellow Christian Methodists. My mom was Catholic, but then was excommunicated because she married a Methodist. So she had icons and crosses in our house, but it was more of like a cultural thing. And, you know, she would light a candle, go to church on, you know, holidays, but it wasn't like really serious. Um, But for me, I was very spiritually called and spent most of my childhood in the forest Um, I was just very, very connected new. And so, you know, I found my way to become a born again Christian. Um, it was, it's just a hilarious, like, you know, sort of explosion of, of events that happened, but I, you know, I meant it. Like I was never happier than when that time when I was a born again Christian. And then I just started to see people acting really weird and like, you know, just, I could see the, you know, the, the imbalance. Um, so then after that, I was like, well, I'm trapped. Looked at my watch. I was like, well, I'm trapped in this family for another 10 years because I was like, well, let's say eight years because I was 11 or 10.
0: And how, so I. How many, like, how many siblings did you have? Five. And I was the youngest of five. That's a big so, family.
1: Yeah, it was a big family. So, and we were in Alaska, which was like the Wild West. Like, you know, there were, it was like the madam with the mayor, with the pot grow. Like, everybody had to grow. <laughs> a grow light in the closet was growing pot. And my parents were very conservative and they but they would be it was just a culture where you were put together with all diversity. So um so what happened is um I just decided to use drugs. I made a decision to just use drugs because I couldn't do my Christian thing and I was trapped in the family till I was 17. So I did I I was I was dosed with acid when I was eleven. Wow, four four-way hit windowpane acid when I was eleven, um, and uh, and I liked it a little bit, and then not later, and then I took full responsibility for it at eleven. So I didn't I didn't let anybody know. I just handled it. And then, um, you know, over the years, like the cutest guy in school asked me out, you know, when I was in in junior high and he arrived to the date with like four way hit windowpane acid, LSD. And I was like, no, 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 for like an hour and a half. And then finally they convinced me to take like a quarter tab, which just, you know, put me in the stratosphere anyway. So it didn't matter. So, you know, it was, it was really sort of pot. And then, um, and then I got into cocaine in high school hanging out with people like 10 years older than I was because I was the youngest of five and my older sister was nine years older than I was so like I tease I tease and say I think I invented like free basing smoking crack because I was smoking it in in uh, high school you know and then and then all of a sudden like it, I would just get done with whatever I was experimenting with and then when I left for college I never did drugs again I mean maybe once that's interesting yeah, so
0: there- like it was really just what you were doing there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, in hindsight, like I wish that I had had like a spiritual shaman or that I, but I didn't, I was just doing, I was like, okay, I'm trapped. Let me go in this dark place now. So, and, and I had a pretty sensitive system too. Like I could do it on the weekends and then it'd take me a whole week to really recover. So I wasn't the type of personality that was doing it every day. Um, and I, I wasn't an addict, like when I was done, you know, I would be done with it. I was like, I'm tired, lazy, stupid, and, uh, and unconcerned, like Frank Ocean's mom says, you know, in the in the song on blonde, you know, I was kind of I was kind of like, this is it this is lame, like, I'm, I just became done with it. So in a Vedic way, I worked my way through it, I truly digested it, I didn't abstain and suppress it, I went into the darkness, embodied it and came through it. Now, luckily, I didn't kill my, you know, I didn't die during the time because there were plenty of, of experiences from that and also from hiking alone in the wilderness with two other young kids with no cell phone, no water, no firearm, like nothing. I would just, I would just go to the mountain and no, no one ever knew where I was. And they didn't care either. I mean, no one, they weren't like worried. And well, you would- when I, Yeah, in Alaska then. Then I was in Alaska. Any run-ins? Any like almost fear for your life moments? A couple times. Like we were hanging off cliffs like by rocks, you know. And then one time uh, the tide came in and we were trapped. So we had to like find another way around and we managed to. And there were black bears kind of around but never really came i mean our only our only device was a pop can tied to our jeans with rocks in it that would make like a noise and later in my life i saw a picture of me at like age i don't know 14 12 sitting on the side of a white rushing river right on the edge on this rock just alone and like my friend took the picture And it's like, as a mother, like I wouldn't let my kids near that. It's like, um, so, so, you know, again, you look at this thing, it's like really, you know, this brings me to like COVID and this virus and what we're going through. And also the awareness that this is a huge demarcation point. It's a point of transition of exit. And so as a human being, like we have all these different points, possibilities, and I do see this as like, how is it that I didn't just fall into the river and die? How is it that when I was smoking crack that, you know, the friend I was with didn't crash the car and kill me or somebody else like, like, how is it that we make our way to where we are? I have a great divinity and respect that there is, there are greater forces that watch us. and. And if you even just take driving, okay, not to freak anybody out, but let's just go to the freeway and just imagine that all these strangers, you don't know them, you don't know what they put in their body, you don't know what their ideology is, and we're just counting that everybody drives in their lane and follows the rules. It's really not
0: dependable. (laughs) (laughs) Does that, as a parent, give you peace of mind or freak you out? Um.
1: I would maybe, well, none of my, none of, none of my, my teenager isn't driving right now. My older boys are in their twenties, so they're very responsible. But yeah, I guess um, it gives me a peace of mind because I understand that there just is a greater movement. And I know like my, my boy's father died in a, suddenly in an accident, a very intense accident, about maybe five years ago. And so I went through that experience of having to wake my beautiful, lovely boys up and go through that communication with them and that loss. And, and, uh, and that experience was one of the most horrific and also most profoundly spiritual experiences. So it's like both experiences were just up right next to each other and both were existing. I felt pregnant with life and grief stricken from a death at the, at the exact same moment wow and it was it was you know it's a profound story that will be in my book when i when i finish it but but um but getting back to the guys let's just finish the relationship thing. So getting off track okay so the so um i was very promiscuous horrifyingly uh, hurt myself so badly i was looking for a male uh love and my father i incarnated with a father that i did not have that with although he was present and in my life or my whole life but he just didn't prefer me he preferred my sister like in personality and um, i never had that little father daughter connect by design because we all design our own lives for our own evolution so by design i was missing that male and i was looking for that masculine connect and so when i allowed myself to be compromised through sexual Um, interactions with multitude of boys and some men Um, I I really hurt myself it took me many years for me to forgive myself for that Um, and but I I, um, had an angel come in the form of a really beautiful musician who I had a month-long love affair with and he loved me truly and that was at age 16 and so that changed my trajectory um, I had an amazing boyfriend in college for four years. And then I entered into a dark relationship with a, an abuser. Um, and it was karmic. I couldn't get away from it. I had never seen this behavior in my family. Um, and it was a seven-year process where I left him in the middle and then ended up going back. Oops. I ended up marrying... Yes, yeah, sorry. That was the first one. I ended up marrying him at the end. Knowing that this was not going to last, but I felt that I had to run the race car into the wall and ob- obliterate it to be done with this experience. And for many years, like I, I would wake up with these um, these nightmares that he was attached to my foot and he wouldn't leave me. Like it was like I was like get off of me. Like I don't love you. And I was always telling him that I didn't love him. But my problem is that my my lesson is that I hadn't embodied the love of myself. And so I had this spiritual awareness and I could see him out of balance when he would become abusive and beat me and strangle me and spit on me. And I had this observer that would watch that and I could see he was a traumatized little boy. And so I, I had this great capacity that was watching this whole thing happen. Um, But yet I had, I was immature in my own, my own self love. And so this experience taught me to really always put myself first because I almost lost my life to that energy because I was unwilling to put myself first. Mm -hmm. So then from that, and it's a very funny, uh, again, karmic event. It was my, the abuser's sister. uh, I got physically ill and maybe some people that are listening to this might, they might resonate when we don't listen to our hearts then the body gets sick because we're not lit, we're not in alignment, right? So I, and I have a very strong will and I'm very loving and very flexible and I can pick myself up and find the bright side, you know, very well. So finally my body developed um, this sickness. I had ulcers inside of my bladder, this rare condition. Um, And so um, I wanted to, I was working in the garment business and I wanted to sleep more. And he didn't want me to quit my job because I made like six figures and, and he, want, he wanted that income. So I said, well, I'll just get my real estate license so I can sleep a little. And so he agreed. And so his sister um, at the time, a very inappropriate caricature person that that is not my style at all. And she cornered this real estate executive and asked him to meet with me. And I did not have my real estate license. I hadn't even gone through the school it was totally inappropriate. And she, and he said, Yes. Yeah. So she called me and said, You need to call this guy Lou Pyatt. He's expecting your call. And I was mortified. I was like, This is so inappropriate. It is so not and she was like, Call him now. So I call him and this man picks up the phone and he says, Yes, I'll meet I'm gonna meet with you. And he says, Um, I have two appointments open next week, Monday and Wednesday. And I said, I'll take Wednesday. And when I looked at the calendar, it was Valentine's Day so it was a morning breakfast i walked into the century plaza ho- hotel wearing like a um, um, i'm forgetting the name isimiyake no uh azadine um like it's a famous designer from france like a tube dress and like a you know like a heather gray blazer and i walked in and i saw this man lu piety looked over at me and we literally fell in love over breakfast i'm not kidding like By the end of the breakfast, he was like, wait, who, wait, whose sister are you and who are you married to? It was a true remembrance of another soulmate that I had known. And so I lied to him and told him I was happily married because I was trying to get the job. And within a course of about three weeks, um, my abuser um, felt the shift, like the entity felt the shift and he started really acting out. And I just said, it was, I was at the end of that digestion. And I just said, I, I am divorcing you and I'm not fucking kidding this time. Like it's done, be, beyond done. So I got myself out and um, I was at my work in the Mart and, and Lou called and said, you know, what office do you want to go work at? And I said, I'm not leaving my husband because I need my income. And he said, uh, you know, he was like silent. He was like, are you okay? And I said, yeah. And he said, I'm leaving town. I'll be back in three days and we're having dinner. And then my showroom doors opened up like an hour later and he sent me a bouquet of flowers the size of a Volkswagen. Like, I'm, like it was the biggest thing I've ever seen. And whether that worked out or didn't work out, it was a sign of life. You know, when I had been so beaten up for seven and a half years and um, Lou ended up proposing to me like a month later. Wow. And we, were, we had a magical marriage. Um, my two boys were part of the marriage. We, we traveled the world. We both, I started a fashion company. Um, he was an executive of a very large real estate company with like 5,000 employees. And uh, it was just like a, a rescue, a Prince rescue mission that is unbelieved. And it came to completion. After about eight years,
0: what happened? Because it sounds like you were really happy.
1: Oh, beyond! Like anybody that knew us from that time would have told you that we would be like. I would have told you, "This is my love, and it will be forever." And I had it, and most people don't. You know, it it was literally Um, what happened. Is about eleven things happened all at once. So it was. It was just um, my spiritual calling was, and I had then healed to an equal level with this rescue energy that we're really comfortable rescuing. Um, And so that threw it off. Um, He lost his company through a forced sale, which was a win uh, in some aspects, but also a defeat of 25 years of his life. Um, We then, um, I had to close my company after struggling in fashion Um, and you know, we, we had built a home that overlooks all of Malibu together. And I left five months after the house was finished. It's just like so difficult. And you know, my family thought I was in a cult because I was practicing yoga and none of it made any sense. And, uh, and I was like, do you think it's easy for me to leave this house on top of the mountain? <laughs> like, can, can because I'm leaving, and I have my beautiful, precious boys, can you fathom how much pain i'm in right it was it was beyond, so I left think just it it still like for years took my breath away. I couldn't even believe it happened couldn't even believe it came to completion.
0: you guys stay close
1: um yes and no we uh we were great we loved our boys more than anything. So there were never with a third person. It was never like, Oh, this is my night. Screw you. It was just like, whatever you need, whatever the boys need, we were there. Um, and we were uh, respectful and civil to each other, but we couldn't remain great friends because we had been too deep of lovers.
0: Mm. It was just,
1: there was no way to make it light. Um, and then I met Rich in a yoga class <laughs> and uh, had no idea like uh, that that this relationship was going to be what it ended up being and um you know rich has been so i had the abuser i had the rescuer the prince rescuer and now i've had this um integration of polarity of opposites with a partner that i'm really good in union with like in working with and it felt very even like I often say, one of the beauty, beautiful things about rich, my relationship was he would say, I don't know, like you're in pain and I don't know. And I can't solve that for you, but I, but I'm going to stand here and watch you. Right. For me, it had always been men, you know, all, first of all, the abuser, like literally cutting my hair, you know, telling me what dress to wear. Um, to you know, the rescuer, I'm gonna rescue your damsel in distress. You know, let me let me help make it better for you. To someone who was like, I don't know what I'm doing, and I can't help you. <laughs> so so it's it I really have been greatly transformed through this exploration of relationship. And I never dreamed that Rich and my relationship would turn into you know a podcast. Um, you know, books and retreats that would, it, it it so touches people because we are so opposite. Right. Um, that allows this, you know, this sort of bridge of, I don't know, authenticity or, um, you know, solidarity with couples that are just
0: like not connecting or... a quick announcement. Have you joined in anywhere yet? If you haven't, you really should. Again, this is for anyone, anywhere. You do not have to be in Los Angeles anymore. You can be anywhere in the world. We have classes all day virtually live so you can join a class and if you want to take it on your own time, we have so many classes in the archive and on demand. So really whenever you're in the mood for some self-exploration or some work on yourself or just a class to meditate or to relax. It is there. We also constantly have workshops every single week and so many certifications going and always with the choice of, do you want something virtual or do you want something that we've already prepared for you that you can do on your own time? So it's a wealth of information, always something to do to grow and learn. And it is really amazing. Join our community, go to denanywhere.com. And again, for $29.99, you have unlimited access to everything. Or if you just want to take a single class, $10. Um, And if you know anyone in need that really needs this, we also have a scholarship happening as well. Um, hope to see you guys there. Yeah, you know, it's funny because for me, I mean, we're not actually, my husband and I, I call him husband, but we're not actually married. But for this to make it easy, let's pretend it's a second marriage. Um, and my first felt very similar. It wasn't necessarily a rescue, but he, he created that kind of persona. And that's ultimately why I left too, because I would, I felt, cause I didn't need to be rescued. So I felt um, very I would say the dumbest things sometimes. And I'm like, where did that come from? Like that's unnecessary. And in hindsight, it was that like, sometimes, you know, I'd be looking for my keys. I leave my phone, my keys everywhere. Like that's me. And so let's say I'd be looking for my keys and he would always do very innocent, kind, sweet things. Like here they are. What would you do without me? And like, most people in a loving relationship would just be like, nothing. Thank you. You're the best. But I, my, my gut reaction, I would be like, you know, I did this without you. And I did this without you. And I like, there was this like feeling, and I know it sounds so dumb because kind of like you described Lou, he was lovely and he was kind and all he wanted to do. I joked like when we left, I'm like, I don't even know if I can put my own bag up in an airplane anymore. Like stuff that most women would be like, are you kidding? Like that's the best thing And I said, He is going to make some woman so happy because he does, he is so kind and so lovely and just wants to please. But that didn't work for me at all. It was that same thing. It was like this. And then, weirdly, my partner now is opposite, like very opposite. And I think for me, it was my growth, what I had to learn was true and i'm still learning it um so i don't want to say it with this like expertise but it really was my growth of true acceptance of someone else and who they are and i realized how many kind of preconceived notions i had of what how things should be or you know the shoulds like it should be this it should look you should act like this and so for me with him where I feel like I really evolved and then it helped our relationship was kind of that learning of like, oh no, you're, you're you. And like, you've got to do you. And yes, I might have really good ideas of, I might see potential in you that he might not be connecting to yet, but it's not my job to pull him there. And it's, it's my job to accept exactly where he is and love him for that. And it seems obvious, but sometimes it's harder in action. And I think when I actually started acting it, and like I said, I still work on it every day, there was like a huge shift. And not only just for our relationship, which I feel like is a deeper relationship than I've ever had because of that, it's a deeper relationship for myself because I am learning and challenging myself all the time. But it's fascinating, like you said, who knew that the opposite, that sometimes pisses me off more than anything because he's my opposite, is my deepest relationship because it's constantly challenging me to grow. And because we're, we, we're learning, I feel like I'm growing to do it in a respectful way. It's beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. it's, it's really beautiful. And it's, it's, I think, um, it's also kind of a, like a star seed story of those of us that have this gene of awareness where we came in and we know that the life is a spiritual pursuit. I would say that even within the birth family, it's a very classic story of a starseed to feel misunderstood, like who are these these people that I incarnated with, like I'm with a bunch of strangers, you know? We feel like a stranger in a strange land anyway. So um, most of us came in to integrate this polarity. And by having the friction, we're clearing this polarity in humanity. Um, and, you know, Rich and I had a very, it's a very profound um, experience, which I had seven years with Rich, that I was um, really um, wanting him to uh, transform. And I would see that he was suffering, he was dense, he was fighting with his alcoholism, which, you know, not not using, but still experiencing it. And, and I was like, here, uh, take my hand. Here, I'm holding my hand out. And I was, you know, I'd healed myself of a cyst in my throat, I had, you know, with Ayurveda, I was a, you know, a yogi, I was doing healing work, I was, you know, eating well, I was, I was connected to life, I was living in flow. And so he just kept getting more and more and more constricted. And I had a lot of conversations with a lot of my friends that would tell me how right I was. But um, my marriage was not transforming. And it seemed like the more that I reached to him, the more paralyzed he became. And then um, I, st- I went to, um, to study or sit with, a, with a, uh, an Indian master who actually named me Ma Ananda Srimati. And, uh, and he was talking to me about divine love. And how divine love is like the sun, which simply radiates on all creation without discrimination, without analysis, and without without edit. And how human love is like a business arrangement. If you act this way, then I will love you. If you don't act that way, I will take my love from you. And it's like that thing where you know you've had the 26 ski lesson, and the instructor tells you to pick your right ski up. It just clicked for me. And I called Rich and I, and I said, I am sorry that I have been in your space with my energetic. I, 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 I misstepped and I now release you to your life. I no longer need you to self-realize. I don't need you to experience life the way I do. I have no participation in it and I will only love you unconditionally. But I didn't, I wasn't doing it as a retaliation. I was really shifted. And, you know, Rich was probably like looking around waiting for, you know, the ambush to jump out of the trees and attack him because it was so like not in alignment with how we had lived, but he'll describe it that then he was left with himself because I got out of his field. But before it was always like her, 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 it's her fault, it's her, it's she, you know, she would just, and now he was just all alone because I just removed myself. And so I would just watch him drinking, you know, benti coffees with three ad shots and double in and out burgers, like in wonder, like, oh, wow, look at that. Look at, look at how he's eating all that. Woo, you know, and I, I really just let go. And it was that act that ignited the transformation. So the transformation had been wanting to happen, but I was in its way. And it was very tricky because on a piece of paper, everything that I had wanted was higher vibrating. You know, right?
0: So true, and it's funny you say that because I say the same thing when I talk to people who are kind of having issues, and I say honestly, he had done so much stupid stuff in our relationship <laughs> that any conversation I would have with friends, there it was so clear on the surface. And I say I use this as an example all the time. I go, it was so clear on the surface if you were going to do that, who was right and who was wrong. There was nobody who would hear the stories and be like, "You're." It, I had such the upper hand in that regard, same thing. But the hidden part, I was very wrong. And that's the part people couldn't see. And that was the part I was not fully letting him, like you said, be in his own energy and just be himself. And yeah, so on the surface, he looked very wrong, but I had something to do with it too. And that's the part people sometimes forget. And so I always try and tell couples or friends, because usually I'm not talking to the couple, but a friend, I'm like, It may look overtly like he or she is doing X, Y, and Z, but I'm telling you there's something in this energetic mix that you can shift to. And if you shift it, just like, I really do think, yes, he did so much work. I don't want to take that away from him, but like you just said, I feel like by my shift, it gave him the freedom to do the work. And that's when he decided to start doing the work. And that's when I give him all credit. He did it for himself and did it. But I do think like you said, there was a weird invisible noose that I don't think I realized I had on him because in my mind, it was all for the better good. It was all for his better good, for our better good. And like you said, it was higher vibrational. It was a it's high very,
1: It's just- very tricky. It's a tricky one to get. And I, you know, I was not a fast study. It took me about seven years to unpack that, to really unravel that. I feel
0: like it was about the same for me too.
1: Really? Yeah. Maybe a but- less with us but
0: around
1: yeah so but but it really is freeing and also to just allow somebody to be in their own process and and understand that divine mother or the great force or whatever it is um to trust that and just i go well if i am god then that is god even in its imbalance and or in its choice to consume whatever it's consuming or whatever it's doing um but I also um, often talk about what is the Christ principle. And one thing that I, that I suffered greatly when Rich and I then, we were married spiritually and went through this alchemical process of being dismantled financially over a nine-year period with four kids. And, um, and so um, um, in that, I received a lot of judgment. Like Not only did I have to um, do my part to collapse the timelines on earth, You know, because it's a planetary mission when you clear it yourself. When you clear the fear of money in your body, which is what happened to me, I clear that for the planet, but it has to go through my body first, as all of us do. So not only did I have to face that tremendous pain, um, I had to feel judgment from society and family, like I was down and they kicked me. Instead of helping me, they kicked me because it was shameful to not pay your bills, It was shameful not to have money, even though I was the one that had hosted all the events and the weddings and the baby showers and the vacations. When I stopped doing it, rather than going, oh, this person needs our help now. It was like, what what is wrong with you? Why have you changed? Why are you not doing that? And so I always vowed that when I came out of this, which we didn't always know, we were at a point where we're like. I was like, babe, we're either gonna be completely annihilated and the biggest fuck-ups ever, <laughs> or we're gonna realize all of our dreams. It could be either. And but I always vowed that when I transcended it, that I would always make sure that I um that I offered people that belief. And so whenever any if anybody's listening, at the end of my podcast, I often say that even if no one else believes in you, that I believe in you into finding your way into living your Highest expression because how could it be otherwise? You're a divine emanation of consciousness of God, it can be no other way. And so, the Christ act, a Christic act, is to hold somebody in their highest light despite all appearances to the contrary, even when they're struggling. So, when I was struggling, I didn't need people to kick me, I needed people to say, I trust you, I want you to know I trust you. And so the human mind always wants to offer advice, or as my mom would have called it, constructive criticism. (laughs) But, But what we really need, we just need someone to believe in us. And so if you have somebody who's struggling with addiction, financial collapse, divorce, disease, pain, suffering, try just saying to them, you know, I believe you. I know who you are. And I'm going to hold you in that knowing until you remember it and until events change to match that. And we are powerful creators. What we put our gaze and our opinion and our analysis on is what happens. So if we really want to help our humanity, our, our brothers and sisters, our animals, the earth, each other, ourselves, we need to hold that high vibe. That's the work even while craziness abounds. We still have.
0: No, I love that because it was a funny, right before this conversation, I was on Facebook, I know, I know. And um, there was a a woman had written this long, very beautifully written, but it was a long thing basically to shorten it, you know, of that realization of no matter who wins this presidency, clearly 50% of the country stands for this, 50% of the country stands for that. And kind of, that feeling of terrified feeling of this is what our country is made up and how disappointed. And basically, so now I feel like I have to raise my four-year-old child not to trust people. I have to raise her to, you know, fight for like, you know, be emblazoned the fight for what's right and blah, blah, blah. And I almost wrote, and then I didn't, I was like, I'm not going to get in. I actually, cause I knew we were doing this interview. I'm like, I can't, I don't want to get into that energy. I actually said, cause I am just like, I know what energy I'm going to enter and I don't want to do that. But I almost wrote something that you're going to, that you just said to that point too, of like, but that's not what we need. That like keeps dividing it further. Like you have to look at what you perceive as this quote unquote other side, this negative mean, whatever it is. And exactly believe in them, believe, trust, love. And it. I know it sounds sometimes kooky and, you know, very like, love and light but i don't know any other way that it changes for the good
1: yeah no we i mean that's the work it's not easy it's it's easier to let your ego or identity criticize or call out what you don't like it's not easy it's not easy but i would say if you're fighting for peace you're still fighting i didn't say that maybe gandhi said that but i mean i would just offer that in this moment Um, and so the thing is is what is the vibration that you want to embody So if you, if you, and this is where we get back to self connection, finding what you love to do as a child when you were six, meaning when you had that awareness before you had any societal thing imposed on you, and maybe you had a rough childhood, so you may have to go earlier than that. Um, But to actually reconnect with that, which brings you joy because when we're in the vibration of joy, we attract more joy. So like a really good thing to do is to go dance your butt off you're laughing your head off at least I mean that's the work that's a big part of my spiritual practice because we can't just lie on the floor and be dragged down into the you know depths we have to lift it up lift it up and that doesn't mean you don't know what's going on it means that you make the choice in the moment to take the higher perspective to take the high vibe and and you know it is challenging it is not easy and remembering who your source is, remembering you are directly connected to source, and you you don't need to teach your children to um, not trust and to uh, you know see the dark the darkness in people. You just need to remind them to see the lightness inside themselves. Uh-huh. And I I had a, an incident that I shared recently on my Water Tiger platform because the one thing that's been coming in, and we are in a very intense moment planetarily that is way beyond the election. Um, that is a planetary transformation. And what was being brought forth to me was the purity of my child, the awake child. And she was standing with me a lot and near me. And I was seeing that there's a protection in this purity. And I remembered this incident when I traveled to New York city and I was raised in Alaska. So I'm not a city, not a big city girl. Well, I was dating, uh, my my college boyfriend Douglas, architecture student. And I went to New York and stayed with his family in New Jersey on the way to Paris. And I traveled on the subway for the first time and I had, this was 30 years ago, maybe 35 years ago, I had a short mini skirt on, Capizio dance shoes, leg warmers, think flash dance, um, and like a white and red striped little t-shirt and I took it to 42nd Street, got off at 42nd Street, and went out onto the street in Manhattan. And I'm walking down the street in this other world, and this black guy comes up to me, wraps a rag around his fist and puts it up to my face, and threatens me and tells me to like, give, you know, I'm taking your purse or whatever. And I just remember looking into his eyes and this hysterical laughter welled up inside of my being. And I'm looking at him straight in his eyes and I was in the vibration of there was nothing inside of me that believed that he was going to hurt me ever. And it was like, I couldn't stop the laughter. I started laughing and then he started laughing and we both were cracking up on the street. And then he kind of smiled at me and was like, Oh, you know, leave her alone, you know, type of thing. And I just walked away. And it's like, it wasn't premeditated. I didn't plan it. I didn't scheme it. I didn't, it was a natural occurrence of me being aligned with who I am. And, and that is a Jedi move. That is the Jedi move. Not going and packing a gun and, you know, being like these people are other. I saw the, I saw his spirit inside of him and I called it out naturally by sharing in this just joy for no reason i mean maybe it was a hilarity of the human condition or something have
0: have you always felt like you're a mystic or is that something that you embodied later in life
1: i've always felt it yeah always felt it maybe i didn't know the word mystic right everything single thing i've ever done it in my life has been for the love of god Mm -hmm. for or a, for a lack of a better word, because that word carries a lot of baggage for a lot of people, but for me, it doesn't. Um, yeah, I just, I love, I love that. I, I love spirit. I love communion. I love ritual. It's like water in my veins. The, the beauty, the miraculous beauty of all these events, how we're all connected. And, and, and the possibility of understanding we're eternal beings. So for me, it just, get, it releases me, it gives me this freedom because I know I'm an eternal being and I know I'm a sovereign being. So I don't need to be judged by any outside man with a wand, like he's not judging, that's not happening. So it's like this freedom and to understand that we live in this multiverse of life forms. And so I'm so excited right now of what I'm going to remember and what you're going to remember at all and what all of us like, as humanity starts to awaken and we start to drawing these new remembrances of what, what we have the capacity to co-create. It's such a beautiful moment. And in order to embody our new life, we have to be willing to let go of the old one.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and it's like as much as we like to, you know, it's like that whole thing, like, listen, I'm a chef and you know, maybe we're going to have time to talk about Shreema really quick, but, but I, um, let's do it. It's like, it's like making a soup, right? Like when I'm going to make a soup, I can't put shitty ingredients in it and expect it to be divine. It doesn't work that way. And so we don't have a political system that is that high vibrating, <laughs> not. And you know, there's a lot of stuff and a lot of, a lot of amazing stuff. I mean, let's talk about, there was a transgender person took office. They were like, maybe five or six indigenous people that took that won offices. Um, there's an all-female um, government in California. Like, like there, we are, we are, things are changing. We are waking up. Um, and we have a great capacity. And there is a greater hand. There are, there are benevolent forces that are assisting us. Um, and you know, from my inner experience, I have never heard this level of celebration. Um, it 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 could be kind of gnarly for a while, but this it won't be forever. You know, it, it could be as long as a three-year process of a,
0: and that's kind of scary. Do you think that too? I, I've been saying, I've been telling my thing to people who are so stressed about this election. I'm like, you guys, the next four years are going to be hard. It does not matter who is at the helm of this. Just so you know, like, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but I'm saying it's still going to be hard. It's not like everything's magically going to go away and change like we're still deconstructing and it it it, there's still change that has to happen
1: colorado just you know put it they had something on the ballot like to change the electoral system which is you know i mean that's something that i'm gonna you know you know within my spiritual practice of alchemy and magic and everything else that i'm doing all the stuff that i'm doing i'm going to um you know devote myself to this one um conservation uh movement that's by this young beautiful girl named tyler yarrow she's connected to the tongas in southeast alaska and you know trump has voted to take over these lands for drilling and and these type of stuff so i'm gonna stand with that a little close and i'm gonna work on the electoral let's get that changed and then you know i'm doing all my other spiritual stuff you know and mainly um, Shrimu, which is my global um, offering of, of Awakening. It is a plant-based artisanal, not cheese collection. Incredible. Have you tasted it or not yet?
0: I No, I need to. I'm like in Cape Cod where I can't get anything that remotely.
1: <laughs> I think I can ship it there. I've got to get to you. I would love to. Yes. It's, um, it's really the next evolution of cheese. It's Srimu Do Life Not Cheese, and the DO is, stands for Devotional Offerings for Life. And so this offering is infused with all of my spiritual blessings and prayers for the highest embodiment for all of us. It is also the best tasting cheese. I know this because I, I published three cookbooks and I spent three years serving it to hundreds of people and I've seen reactions to the, the not cheese. So um, it's a subscription offering. We have three boxes right now. Um, You can offer a sacred altar box, which has six flavors in it, or you can do a four wheel or a three wheel. Um, And we actually just added a sampler pack. If you wanna just get one three wheel and taste all the flavors, um, we can give that to you. But um, they last a long time, they're freezable. Um, It will blow your mind and your taste buds how amazingly delicious this not cheese is. And it is an impact food, which is more loving for your body. They're probiotics, so they digest beautifully. It's loving for our children because it's, first of all, they love it. And second of all, it's honoring our mother earth. So it's, it's loving to our mother earth and it's loving to our animals. And, you know, I am, I don't like labels. So I'm a plant-based advocate, meaning I really feel we can all We all really need to be eating life-affirming, vital foods. Now, that doesn't mean raw, because I'm Ayurvedic, so for my dosha, most of what I eat is cooked. Um, But I guess I would say that we really don't need to be ingesting um, an excess of violence into our bodies. Uh, Humanity as a species has enough violence that we have to reconcile. Um, And then there may be some individuals that really need maybe to, um, they may need flesh at this point in their journey. Um, as we said, all life is diverse. Um, and, but we are really moving towards the sustainable uh, way of living and eating. And there's a lot of plant-based food that's, you know, totally junk too. So I'm talking about whole foods. Um, but I say this with a lot of love and inclusiveness and embracing. So Shreemu is for everyone. It's paleo, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, um, and it doesn't matter, you know, you can be an omnivore and still enjoy Srimu and know that you're making a, a, a positive impact on the planet.
0: I also love how you talk about it and how you talk about plant-based from an energetic perspective. I think that's beautiful. And I think everyone can understand that. And again, there's no agenda there. It's just simply about how can you help your own energy, which is incredible. And then thus help the energy beyond.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we do need to, you know, as I'm talking about all self embodiment, right. Which I am very devoted to that, but we also, you know, Tantra says for whom and when. So right now is when on the planet, we have a planet that's being disparaged by industrial animal agriculture that is dumping, you know, animal sewage in the oceans that is like killing the oceans. We have, you know, intelligent life forms, pigs, pigs, that are being brutalized and cows and chickens. And, you know, it's just, it's just, you wouldn't treat, you know, it's like golden rule, do unto others as you would do to yourself. Like if, if you take any spiritual n- nugget, like that is the one, that's the one. It's so if, exactly, <laughs> and so would you really treat an animal like that? Would you really? I, I don't think you would, because it's inhumane and you're a human and you are a feeling human being. And so if you're not connected to that, you're disconnected from the reality. My dad was a hunter. I am not a hunter. He was a hunter though. He would kill a bear, you know, fly in his plane, hike, sleep on a glacier, you know, shoot a bear, skin it, drag it down a river, cut it up, put it on his back, hike out a hundred miles, put it in the plane, make three trips because of the weight, I'm, at that point, I'm like, I guess you can eat that. Like, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't eat it, but at least you're not in denial about what you're eating. You know, it's not like all pretty in a package, like whatever. And, you know, I, I, am, I do shamanic work with his skulls and things that, you know, he engaged with in his life. But I do it, I don't do it in a judgmental way because I, I'm, I'm not connected enough to my greater being to judge. So I do it in a blessing way, in a recognition of the bear
0: as a great spirit. When did you, when did you start eating plant-based?
1: Well, I was raised on game meat, so because my dad was a hunter. Yeah. I could smell the blood from like the pheasants and like the moose and the caribou and the bear and the salmon. Um, I, uh, I stopped eating when I started practicing yoga. So, I think it was m- at l- mid twenties wow, um, and it wasn't a it wasn't a ideological. it was like all of a sudden I stopped drinking, I stopped drinking coffee, I stopped drinking wine, I drink a little teeny bit of wine now as a ritual, red wine, little bit like if I have more than a third of a glass, I'm like, just not I good
0: and had it and so right yeah but
1: um, but yeah, and then um when I got the cyst in the front of my neck, which was a golf ball sized cyst, um, I healed it with Ayurveda. And so I was already eating vegetarian, but I was very um, strictly eating food as medicine during that time, like off a sheet of paper.
0: What do you feel like the cyst was like a manifestation of? And I'm just so. Such a good
1: question. Um, So the cyst was, it came up, when I broke up with a guru, an occult, occult master that was in his 70s, and occult means hidden for those of you that don't know what it is. We were doing dark room meditations, you know, studying the afterlife, um, doing um past life regressions. I did like 370 past life regressions in like two years. Like oh. Some stupid like I don't recommend that. To everyone, he's listening. <laughs> You're like Justin. <laughs> but what it did, but it went. It gave me my training, part of my training for what I do now. When I do personal session, I do multi-dimensional clearing and ancestral clearings, and so it was part of my preparation for that, which is why I did so much. But um, so what happened is um, I, I I broke up with him. I wasn't it wasn't a sexual thing. It was a he was celibate. One of the only ones that was celibate, which was great. But um, he served me a legal summit, a legal um, demand and broke my heart because I was like his most devoted student and only had done things to help him. And so, uh, and I couldn't talk to him and this, it, it came in my throat, like oh. this big thing. And so I would wake up in the middle of the night. And I would sing on this harmonium that I ended up getting at Yogananda's ashram. I couldn't play, but I was just trying to get the hardness out of my heart. And that's when my music started writing. And so I ended up recording two albums with my sons. I became a musician with them over a seven year period. And I realized that I had been a singer since I was six, but it was I was in my forties and I hadn't sung. So again, this amazing dichotomy this spiritual teacher who turned on me and served me this legal summons accusing me of ridiculous things, and yet was he my greatest enemy or was he my dearest teacher? Because that connected me with these songs that had been waiting inside my own heart and I had been very prolific creatively in art and writing screenplays and doing interior design and being a fashion designer, but I had never stopped long enough to listen to what was trying to come to me, so another beauty, beautiful life, right? How these things happen?
0: Well, I love how you said it. You said my music began to write. Like you didn't say I began to write music. You said my music began to write. It's really profound, actually. Why did you? What? What, what was? What was a Awoken? Awakened in you that made you want to that made you break up with him or, or leave?
1: Well, I didn't like, he, like he broke up with me. I'm, I had just been in, to Canada on a, on a trip with him to see his following up there. And it was a stu- just a stupid sort of ridiculous thing when you think about it now. Uh, so uh, there was a group here and a group there. And then, um, so somebody said, Oh, well, how are we going to keep in touch? And then I said, Oh, everybody give me your email addresses and I'll connect the groups. Like that was it. And then later I got home and I got served this legal document demanding the return of the email addresses. Like you've, you've tried to take over the group. It was like completely like ridiculous, like so childish. And the last time I saw him, he put his hand on my cheek. And I think he knew that all the events were gonna fall. And then I called him and screamed. I did scream at him, but I guess it wasn't enough. But I called him, you know, I have kind of a Latin temper. so. I called and kind of ripped him a new asshole because I was so, was so not right. Like it was so not true. None of it. And so, but he had this thing like, Oh, I can see your past lives and you can't see them. And then when I went to, I went to see this Indian master, it was a group of a hundred people. And he says this out of his mouth. He says, if someone has the ability to know your past lives and hide theirs, you will be deceived. (laughs) Wow. You know, see, this is the thing. It's like, that's God speaking right to me, you know? Like, it was so, so amazing. So, yeah, it was just time for me to go.
0: And like you said, it was a huge transformation for you.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of pain. I mean, I cried and cried for like three months. I couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't talk to Rich about it. Like, no one understood. And then everybody that I was in that group with didn't talk to me anymore because I was the the enemy, right? And so I, I wrote this song called I'm Here Now, for who was my best friend. And she um, stopped our friendship like over that, um, uh, over like her knowledge of my past. apparently, you know, my past life or something I had done or something. And so the song is I'm here now. It's like, I'm here now, like right now. And so the refrain in the song says Catherine, cause that was her name. Catherine, I'm here now. It's a beautiful song, I'm here now. It's on mother of mine. Um, but yeah, that was wild.
0: That's, it's so interesting. You've now mentioned there's a few times where it feels like people who have been very close to you when it's your time of suffering or your time of kind of being lowered, they're not there. Mm -hmm. It's interesting.
1: It is interesting. And, you know, it's something that, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm a mutator. So I, my energy transforms people and it's not connected to my personality. Like, I'm not like, I'm going to go on tall show and I'm going to, it's like, it's a natural um, happening of my physiology. So um, I think, um, you know, I mutate people. I also have a capacity to be with people that a lot of people find difficult. Like, and to me, like I can go in and create with them and just get this magic and then I'll introduce them to someone and there'll be a huge fight. Like it's it's super calm. Like it's, it is kind of common. I have had some very challenging energies that I can just water, you know, just sort of water right through. But I also learned that the other side of loyalty is martyrdom and I'm not interested in being a martyr. So, um, I don't know. It's been a little bit of a, a little bit of, um, a little bit of a thing. I mean, I think when you're when you're someone that's here to ignite transformation, it's just not about um, always staying with people. I mean, obviously, I've been married three times.
0: <laughs> I, know. And I agree with you, and it is interesting. I feel like if someone who, like you said, you're a mutator and you have this ability, it's like it is interesting. They're not necessarily in your life for you. You may have been in their life for them. You know what I mean? And so then it's time.
1: Yeah, it's an exchange. You know, it is an exchange in in any case. And, you know, one thing that I've come to know, and maybe people will find this helpful who are beginning their spiritual transformation. And tall, I don't know if this is like this for you, but oh god, like 15 years ago, we had to just develop this no expectation, um, you know, code between all my friends. Because it's literally like you're feeling the energy up to the moment before you're getting in the car. Whether like, like, are you coming to my baby shower? It would be like, not sure. (laughs) Because you're literally just, there can be no shoulds or expectations. There should be no shoulds or expectations upon anyone in any social. There should be only free love, free support. So like, I have to trust my spiritual friends. Like if they go out to get in the car and their body is telling them, "Uh uh-uh, they, they listen to that. They don't then just go. I'm getting in the car because Julie's expecting me, and I told her I would be there. So it, it it was a. I think during the dismantling and during these alchemization that many of us are going through, and maybe beginning for the first time, um, it it has to be honored. You know, the
0: in the moment. That's huge, and that's huge on both sides. It's like honoring for someone else and honoring it in yourself, because I do feel like. That trust of it's going to be okay, even though you might be disappointing someone on the other end, is that's a really hard shift because that's the dismantling of your identity as you know it and letting go of who you've been in relation to everybody else in that moment. I feel like that's sometimes, maybe for me, the hardest stage almost.
1: Yeah, but, but when you, if you think of that, we're caterpillars becoming butterflies, Right. So a lot of times we're just in that jello state or we're in this very sensitivity and it's like, and it can't be controlled, you know, by a societal, you know, should or promise. And because many of us went through it, we understood it. So then it would just be like, I I had situations where I would just text, you know, message somebody and be, I'll be off grid and I won't be in, in touch for four or five months. And it's like, cool, got it. <laughs> it's uh, because, and, and a lot of, I, st- I struggle and challenge a little bit with social media in this way. Because, I mean, I named w- my spiritual program Water Tiger because it was about aligning with the natural essence of your being. Mm-hmm. And I kept looking for a more broader, like marketable term, but like nothing. came. So, but sometimes I am like a tiger, like, like I'm really enjoying this exchange with you and it's so meaningful. And so thank you so much for inviting me to share this precious time with you. Dang it. <laughs> and then I'll have, you know, times where I'm just like a tiger, like I'll go off in the night and I don't want anybody to know where I am. Like I just, it's a, it's a
0: feeling, you know? And- do that as, this is actually an interesting point I'll, and then I'll wrap it up, but I want to have you back because I have so many more questions. <laughs> okay. um, I do. I have so many more questions that I'm like, oh, I know the audience would love to know this too, but how do you deal with that as like a mom and as a partner?
1: Well, it's a hilarious thing that I I happen to have manifested my husband sleeps in a tent outside.
0: I, I love that. <laughs>
1: So many people are like laughing about that. So Rich and I are very, very different obviously. And he has a very tumultuous sleep pattern. And I don't. Um, and I'm, I'm also up mostly from, I mostly get up naturally and it's never on the schedule. So I'm not disciplined at all. I naturally go, but oftentimes you'll find me awake in the middle of the night doing fire ceremony or meditating or tea ceremony. I mean, I'm, that's when I do most of my experiences yeah Um, and so i've manifested a complete quarters that is at the top of my house that is my own sanctuary and so um rich does come in to shower um but not in the middle of the night and we just you know he loves sleeping outside and he has his own man cave and i have my own sacred space
0: love that Um,
1: and with the kids you know, I've got some really independent kids. Uh, my my boys are older now, um, twenty four and twenty five, but they are living with us again. Um, and I don't know. My my daughter is sixteen; is just a powerhouse. And uh, you know, I get a lot of I get a lot of free space actually, mo- mostly because I get up in the middle of the night.
0: Yeah. That's kind of what I did. And it's funny you said that when um, we just recently sold our house in Los Angeles, but that is almost exactly what happened there. It's like I commandeered the bedroom basically. And it became my spiritual oasis. Like my bowls were out, the crystals were like everything. And then somehow he ended up, and again, it was, there was nothing negative about it. He was basically in his own room and I loved it because very similarly, I felt like sometimes I would get up in the middle of the night and that's when I would, whatever it was, like do... I liked having that freedom of not feeling trapped in that way. But that's, again, it's a thing about me. It's not about him. It's about what I need for myself.
1: Definitely. And and I think even as, as we start to um, spiritualize our energy fields, um, you know, sleeping is a very sacred time when you leave your body, you travel in other realms. You know, it's not exactly... Um, I think in the highest alignment to share a room or a bed with somebody, any, anyone, because it's a solo experience.
0: I'm with you. I just, funny, I just said, because here we're together every night. And by the way, it's lovely. But I said, I'm like, I might need a couple nights a week to just be able to go in another room and sleep. Cause I, again, I'm also a very light sleeper. Yeah. So when I do sleep, it's like I feel like I'm very affected by other energy and stuff like that. So it's interesting. That's funny. Let's do our four years, which are four quick questions um, with four answers, and then we'll do your personal practice, like a five- or ten-minute meditation. Amazing. So what's the first thing you do when you wake up? I bet for you it's very ritualized, is it?
1: first thing I do when I wake up is I boil water for ceremonial tea. I also wash my face, my mouth, my hands, and my feet.
0: I love that. You wash your hands and your feet every day. Oh, like, more than once. Yeah. What, um, okay. How about that? What's your favorite ceremony? Fire. Right? Do, you, do you do fire every day?
1: Not every day, but, um, probably, um, maybe two or three times a week. I just feel into the energetics and, um, I have a fire space that's at a portal position and, It's an alchemical process that's done in a specific way. And so I usually light at about 4.30 and then sit in meditation and fire offerings. And then the sun comes up and then I go into a stone tub that I have that's outside. It's a marble crystal tub.
0: (laughs) I have to come to your house. (laughs)
1: It's It's very crazy. I was gifted this tub by a friend of mine. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a, like a dream, like a spiritual dream. Um, and it, and it is a spiritual gift that was given to me.
0: So that's amazing. If, is there one book, um, that was not written by you, but by somebody else that carries the most like spiritual resonance for you?
1: Well, I mean, the classic autobiography of a Yogi, because Yogananda is just a very close as um, energy for me, Um, not in body, like out of, you know, from before this, this lifetime. Um, But there's a great book called Oneness by Rasha. And that will describe the experience that we're going through. And the reason that I loved it when I was going through my dismantling or my alchemization is it describes human conditions and the spiritual explanation for why that's happening. Friends dropping away, residences moving, systems. And I just know that I read it until it was torn and tattered. Mm -hmm. So Oneness by Rasha, it's a woman who channels this consciousness, I think out of Mexico, New Mexico, but it's Oneness by Rasha, very useful during this time.
0: I love that. Um, Is there something you can't live without? (sighs)
1: <sighs> that's such
0: a tough one.
1: I can't live without devotion.
0: Mm. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I love this conversation. And I, I would really love to have you back on because there's so many areas. Like I actually do want to talk about the money and the losses, because I feel like right now in this time, that's, so important for people who I think are losing stuff and not sure how to handle it or how to get through it. And a million other subject areas that I feel like you're just a wealth. Just not. let me
1: yeah, definitely.
0: But I've enjoyed you so much and you're so beautiful. And this has been really so wonderful. Thank you.
1: Oh dear, I feel the same, really, really beautiful to connect with you. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Embodiment Technique 1 The guidance is here like never before. In order to fully realize the full expansion of our seed blueprint, this is the unique life expression that is unfolding in each one of us, we are required now to live in our bodies. In an externally focused world, we are likely doing everything else but living inside our own life form. Like a powerful turbocharge assisting us down a trajectory of misery, our mind runs on and on about how this body, this face, these legs, this hair, these feet, this skin are all well, maybe okay, but oh, how we wish. If only you were a bit skinnier, sexier, fuller, had a different eye color or hair quality, then and only then could I really truly love you. If we imagine a scenario where we decided to share these negative, intimate thoughts with a dear friend, it is certain the friendship would be over immediately. And yet, this is what we're telling ourselves every day. All day. Embodiment One is a foundational practice to assist you in opening up the communication in the body and body systems. The focus is to use our awareness as a powerful divine presence, the all-knowing light of perfection to be placed around, within, and throughout our bodies in order to open all communication channels, activate life force where there may have been vacancies and increase moving, flowing energy throughout the entire body so that communication is happening throughout the entire system, bringing your own body temple or individual ecosystem online. Feel into the implications of what may occur in your life and in your body as a result of this focus. How would the body and energy feel with open flow and total communication? Awareness and presence is the light of God living inside of all of us. We simply have become disconnected from this knowing. The technique is designed to direct this divine gaze into our body and body systems and allow it to transform and expand our experience in our body. Adapted and developed from an ancient yogi technique called yoga nidra. Yoga nidra is a powerful practice for teaching the body lucid sleeping. This means you could become aware in your sleep state and know you were sleeping. Watch yourself sleeping. Speak to yourself in your sleep state in different scenarios. After practicing and teaching this technique for many years, I received the guidance to write this practice as an embodiment tool to assist us in fully living in our forms. As stated by the Bihar School of Yoga, 45 minutes of yoga nidra is equivalent to 4 hours of deep REM sleep. This kind of relaxation can be transformative in our modern lives. It is necessary that I state that this technique is not a substitute for medical treatment, nor does it claim to heal any physical or emotional issues. If you are experiencing health disturbances, consult your medical physician. Instructions Embodiment Technique 1, Whole Body Awareness Whole body awareness is a practice to awaken awareness in the body. Please lie down in shavasana or corpse pose on the floor. It's helpful to lie on a yoga mat or flat blanket as this practice requires a firm foundation. You can use a light blanket over your body if desired. Also, it's useful to place a flat, folded towel or blanket under your head. During the technique, your body will become very heavy and you may experience some tenderness at the back of your skull where it meets the floor. As you lie down on the floor, make sure your feet and legs are apart and relaxed. Move your arms slightly away from the body And turn your palms upward towards the sky, relaxing and feeling yourself falling into the floor. Make sure you are not touching anything or anyone. Take a moment now and get yourself comfortable. After the practice begins, it is important that you do not move at all. This practice is designed to cultivate awareness in the body. Once you are settled, do not move. Only the awareness is moving throughout the body. Your breath is arising and falling naturally and effortlessly. Our focus during the practice is to keep awake and alert while the body is resting and lying on the floor. It's very common for one to fall asleep during parts of the practice. I will remind you from time to time, and you may hear me say, No sleeping. Keep yourself awake and alert. No sleeping, please. It is also common for one to believe they were awake and alert for the entire practice. However, when they practice in a subsequent session, they will hear sections of the technique that are entirely new to them. Your awareness will be moving in and out as you follow along with my voice. Please listen to my voice and follow its direction. Move the awareness quickly throughout the body without grasping to any image, sound, or thought. We are ready to begin. We are practicing whole body awareness. Feel yourself lying on the floor. Your breath is moving spontaneously without any effort. Feel as if your body is breathing you. Feel your feet relaxed, your ankles relaxed, your shins and calves completely relaxed. Please relax your knees, thighs, hamstrings, and feel your buttocks and pelvis relaxed. Your waist and torso is completely relaxed. Feel your shoulders, arms, hands, wrists, and fingers completely relaxed. Now relax your brain. Relax the left side of your brain, and now the right side. Feel your face relaxed, your eyeballs, nose, chin, and jaw relaxed. Awareness around the body. As I call out the body part, place your awareness gently in the area without any effort. Here we go. Right side. Right hand thumb. First finger. Second finger. Third finger. Fourth finger. Palm of the hand. Back of the hand. Wrist. Forearm. Elbow. Bicep. Shoulder. Armpit. Left side. Left hand thumb. First finger second finger, third finger, fourth finger, palm of the hand, back of the hand, wrist, forearm, elbow, bicep, shoulder, armpit. Right big toe, second toe, third toe, fourth toe, bottom of the foot, top of the foot, ankle, shin, calf, Knee, thigh, hamstring, buttock, pelvis, waist, lower ribs, upper ribs, collarbone, whole right side together. Left big toe, second toe, third toe, fourth toe, bottom of the foot, top of the foot, ankle, shin, calf. Knee, thigh, hamstring, buttock, pelvis, waist, lower ribs, upper ribs, lower ribs, upper ribs, collarbone, collarbone, whole left side together. Now move your awareness to the top of your head. Feel your skull sinking into the floor. Move your awareness to your forehead. Right eyebrow, left eyebrow. Space between the eyebrows. Right eyeball falling into the socket. Left eyeball falling into the socket. Bridge of the nose. Right cheekbone, left cheekbone. Tip of the nose. Right nostril, left nostril. Top lip, lower lip. Upper teeth lower teeth, tongue, throat, front of the neck, back of the neck, whole head together, the whole head together, the whole head together, the whole front body together, the whole front body together, the whole front body together, together. The whole back body together. The whole back body together. The whole back body together. Now let's travel inside the body. Feel the whole body together and feel the skin covering your whole body. Take your awareness inside the skin into the systems of your body. Set the intention of open communication between all major organs and glands of your body. I desire open and free communication between all major organs, glands, and systems of my body. Awareness activated and amplified, beginning at the heart. Feel your entire heart organ lit up in awareness. Make sure you have activated each part of the heart organ, ventricles, and arteries. All chambers of the heart are activated and lit up in awareness. Your heart is lit with the awareness of consciousness. Your heart is your supreme intelligence. Now let's move to the head brain. Feel the left side of the brain lit up with awareness. Now let's travel to the right side and feel the right side of the brain lit up with awareness. Now let's see the brain as one organism, as a whole. Brain lit up. Whole brain together. Dropping down to the gut brain, we enter into the small intestine with our focused, amplified awareness. We journey through the entire small intestine, lighting up every inch of this pathway with our awareness. Take your time. There are many twists and turns. Our awareness is shining its presence on every aspect of the small intestine. Finally, we enter into the lower intestine and activate this tract with amplified awareness. Take your time and journey through step-by-step, flooding the lower intestine with your divine awareness and presence. Now see the entire intestinal cavity lit up with the presence of awareness. Your intuition is amplified with divine light. Now we will travel quickly with our awareness throughout the remainder of our glands and organs. Ready? Let's begin. Whole brain, pituitary gland, pineal gland, thyroid, thymus, heart, left lung, right lung, esophagus, stomach, liver. Left kidney, right kidney, pancreas, spleen, gallbladder, small intestine, large intestine, left ovary, right ovary, womb, prostate, genitals, entire sex organs together. Entire sex organs together. Feel the warmth of your body systems and visualize the pathways and supra highways of communication channels. Prepare to slip into the rivers of eternal waterways of your blood pulsing through your veins and arteries. Let it take you and your awareness on a ride, swiftly traveling through every inch of your body system. Now, leaving your awareness in your body, simultaneously pull a part of your awareness up outside of your body and see yourself lying on the floor. Your body lying on the floor is transparent. The clothes, blankets, and skin are see-through. You can see the communication activating throughout all of your body systems. You are a sacred journeyer into the inner realms of your divine temple. And as you float by every part of the pathways, their energy is ignited into greater levels of communication and awareness. Now let go and just let the being of your awareness Flush and rinse through every aspect of your body systems. Now merge back into your body. The breath is unifying your awareness. Receive your awareness permeating your bones and cartilage. Whole skeletal, Whole skeletal structure together. Whole skeletal structure together. Whole skeletal structure together. Now allow this unifying awareness to permeate the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems in the body. Receive this awareness in your nerve pathways, in your cells, your telomeres, and your very DNA. Awareness is activated and amplifying in all body systems. Your body is a miraculous organism of divinity and in full awareness it has the power to sustain your life in harmonious energy. Your body lit up with your awareness is a life form of perfection. It has everything it needs inherent within itself To fulfill its divine mission. This is your moment and you are the one you've been waiting for. Allow yourself to receive this divine wisdom. Becoming transparent. Allow this divine supreme intelligence to permeate your entire being. Now imagine a beautiful modern temple, one of your own creation. It was built and designed by you exactly how you love it. It is the perfect environment for your soul and spirit, and it is sacred. You are a universal creator, and you prepared this body temple to completely serve all that is in alignment with your sacred mission. The energy of your temple is pulsing amplified levels of freedom. Freedom to express your unique life form with everything that is needed. Feel the presence of this support and feel the expansiveness of your very life. Feel your spirit viscerally, fully embodied in your form. You are Son of God walking on planet Earth, shining your radiance on all of creation. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. Now bring your awareness to your breath. Feel your body lying on the floor. And feel your awareness coming back into the body. Feel free to make gentle, easy movements and stretch and awaken the body. Bring yourself back. Open your eyes softly, gently. Roll to one side. And as you are ready, sit up. The practice of whole body awareness is now
0: complete. Oh. Dentalks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edan, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search DenTalks podcast, and join us there.